When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. You are now in the Corner Booth Podcast, a sports podcast from Billy Up Sports and the Billy Up Podcast Network. Here's your host, Jared Clay. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome into the Corner Booth Podcast. I'm your host, Jared Clem. It is actually a special episode. One, Mark Riley's back. Two, it's a our draft, draft special, number two. We're doing three. And it's our 100th episode. We are 100 episodes. Kevin and me got this argument because we're about the Sunday specials. I'm like, well, they don't really count because it's just us bullshitting with a guest for an hour and a half. So... It's our official 100th Corner Booth episode. Me and Mark started this, Mark, what, a year and a half ago now? Yeah. And then Kev came in in relief about last uh, March-ish, so April. So Kev, is about your one-year anniversary, too. Oh, wow. Yeah, so you've been sucking. What a a time to be alive. Oh, yeah, no. (laughs) All right, so we got two quick headlines. Three, if you really want to split hairs. But first off, we got new uniforms, the NFC South. Tampa Bay Buccaneers and the Atlanta Falcons. I have a weird opinion about the Falcons one. I kind of like it. It's it you know if you guys haven't seen it yet, they're on the belly ups. They're on belly ups Instagram. They're on NFL's Instagram. They're everywhere. The overlying meme guys is it's the longest yard uniforms, which I think is hysterical. But at the same time, I also saw the FUBU jerseys from like it's from like 2003. I like both. I like it. I mean, also it's just the Falcons. The Falcons get made fun of regardless. So, what do you guys think about the uniforms for Atlanta, at least? I also saw um, Arena Football League is another comparison I saw. Um, I don't hate them as much as some people. I love the throwback ones with the black logo on the helmet. Um, They're different. Um, I think the white one looks really nice. I don't love the ATL in the front. I get why they did it, but I don't love it. The numbers look a little weird, and I, I don't love gradients on uniforms either. I think it's interesting, but I don't love it on the Falcons. I don't think it looks as bad as if the red and the black's easy to do that with. If, like, the Vikings tried that, it would look disgusting. It would look awful. Well, I just don't understand. Like, the Bucks nailed it. Like, they went back. Like, the old uniforms are coming back. They People wanted them to go with the um, cream school ones. I didn't really need all that. But they went and did, like, they're clean and they're the throwbacks. The Bucks went modern. Modern errors out for jerseys. I don't know why they keep, like, trying to do that. The one, the red one, blends into black. Like, what? 
What are we? That's freaking... what a gradient is, Mark. Yeah. Well, you know what? For people that don't understand your big words, Kevin, it blends into black. And I don't know. I mean, the white one's pretty nice, I guess. But and then thank God they kept the throwback, throwback. But I don't know, man. I think they kind of remind me like a NASCAR. The numbers are so big. I'm not a fan of them, even though it looks it looks uncom- it looks awkward. It almost looks like a like a, a, bi- a Texas high school football jersey almost. Yeah. Where it's like they're trying way too hard to be flashy. They'll probably look fine though on the when they're on the field. I don't know. I do like the helmets though. I don't we'll see. I mean, yeah, I, I agree with the Bucks take. Like they're just going back to the basics, like the Mike Allslot days. Work done. Yeah. I but, thought though, the, the Atlanta freaking with the power moves of saying like they're releasing new jerseys right after the Bucks have been talking about forever, and then they release these. I was like, damn, you can't just come out and do that and then not have the better. <laughs> I don't even know like how they. I don't get if they could have done a better jersey. Yeah. I think they're the ones they just went from were better. But I, I think with black and red, it's so hard to a do something different and make yeah. it look good, or b just do something different at all. It, I don't think they were perfect, but I think they should have gone a more traditional style. I think they should have gone the Buffalo way and just gone back to the '90s, '80s throwbacks like they did with the yeah. all black, they and then maybe the as an alternate. Bring back the Vic era black jerseys. Well, they do have that. They have the black Vic era with like the just black and white Falcon. No, but no, they should have done that with like the red. Two thousand four black jerseys, not the nineties mm. one. Uh, yeah, no, they should. If they wanted to do something weird, I think they could have done the gradient as an alternate to see how it works for a couple games, and then once everyone blasts that, go, okay, we're not going to use those anymore. Yeah. It just, like, it, just like those Eagles Carolina blue and yellow jerseys, which I have one still. Yeah. It was a gift. It was a gift. Don't worry. <laughs> also, I don't know if they can use the the throwback that everyone loves. I don't know if they can use that this season because I think the new helmet rule takes effect in Yeah, the freaking new helmet rule. I hate that because the Eagles can't rock the Kelly well, Green. Yeah, the, that. well, apparently the Kelly Greens are coming back in 2021. Like, Lurie's already said, like, I am, like, waiting for my call from Nike to get those things rolling. That's yeah. when they can do it by NFL rules because the NFL – Institute that dumb rule that you can't change helmet, like you can't have different helmets, which, <laughs> which is weird, weird because rule. you can just have, like, honestly, you know how long it takes to fit a player for helmets? It takes 30 seconds, especially with the new, the, like it takes, it's literally, you put the helmet on, you choose a face mask, it's screwed in, air fitted, it's off. You do it for three different helmets. If you got three different variations, that's it. It takes 20 minutes max per player. Honestly, that will make an equipment guy's day, basically. Also, they're saying, like, oh, it's for player safety. A helmet doesn't do anything for concussions. <laughs> concussions is basically your brain moving around your skull. Like, yeah, that. so if you get a whiplashing motion, you could have the most advanced helmet ever made with technology we haven't even seen yet. It's still not going to do much. The only thing that helps is, like, the like it might help a little bit when you're hitting the ground, the ground concussions. But if you're taking a shot, you're taking a shot. It's not going to matter. A cow, like for whiplash, the only thing that really helps you is a cowboy collar with uh, like like Van Der Esch, but that's basically it. Even still, like the ground isn't going to help much because when you hit the ground, your momentum's going one way and then it suddenly stopped. Your brain sitting in your skull is still going to keep moving in that direction. The great helmet's not going to stop that. It'll just disperse the energy kind of across the helmet, so it's you're not getting hit as hard in one. So- it may prevent like a like a severe concussion, but you may just get like a stinger instead. It, it, it's yeah. It also prevents skull fractures. True. That's what a helmet's main job is, really. Yeah. 
And that's your information about helmets. <laughs> Kev, you got something about your boy Nick Saban. What do you got for me? Nick Saban has finally entered the late 20th century. He got an email because of the Rona. He said Miss Terry was answering all his emails, but after this, she got bombarded with them. So she fired him from that, and he had to get his own email. Which I think is a sign of the apocalypse. When Nick Saban's using technology. It's terrifying. We're all going to die. Saban and Belichick are, like, the creepily most similar people in the world, and it's insane. Like, that's, like Belichick would be the same way. Like, oh, yeah, I just got an email. Bullshit. <laughs> like, it's so crazy how they both, like, are so un technical. I'm not going to say the word, but you know what I mean? They're so bad with the technology, unadvanced. It's just those two kill me. Hey, Mark, you want another big word? Technologically advanced. Technologically so. (laughs) They they shun modern technology, pretty much. Yeah, because they're just alphas. It makes sense. They're similar. They're friends. So, you know, you hang out with people who are similar to you. But also, uh, Bill Belichick gave Nick Saban one of his first coaching positions, like higher up, because he was a defensive coordinator for the Browns in 95 with Belichick. Yeah, I got to watch that Bill... Bill. Yeah, where is that available on? HBO. Okay. That's why I can't find it, because I dropped my subscription. Yeah. Also, apparently, a little fun fact, apparently uh, Alabama uses very similar defensive schemes to the 95 Browns. Makes sense. All right. So, the moment y'all been waiting for. So, your boy went in and did top – I already did a mock draft. Kev did one, too. I got Kev ridiculed mine because he said the Eagles trade up to nine to go get Judy was not possible. I said with the amount of picks we kept after the Diggs trade, it's very possible. But there's also three guys I wouldn't mind us taking at, you know, 21. Anyway, I did top five straight position except tight end because nobody cares. And interior offensive lineman, I just threw into offensive lineman because there's four good tackles, one good guard. And sheriffs maybe moving around or worse, whatever the hell his name is. Um, same college, different classes. So first off, quarterback, Kevin knows where I'm going with this one. I base these off of three things. Mark knows how I go with drafts. It's potential, starting ability, and, like, length of career. So if you're going to be a great – like an RG3, basically, would fail, would fail my thing. Oh, yeah, he's great for the first year, but then he just sucks for us his career. I don't look for the initial starter. I look for guys who are going to carry on. So I drew Locke ranked at number two last year, Mark remembers. He's a starter now. So I don't look like a complete moron anymore, but I still did. Not pick. yet until he sucks. Uh, I did also pick. I also did pick Will Greer. <laughs> Johnny yeah, Manziel yeah. was a starter by the end of his rookie year. Yeah, yeah but mm, it's the Browns. That's just a whole new animal. All right. So first off, we're gonna go in reverse order. Number five, I have a tie between Easton and Ertz. I think Hurts. They're both in the same boat where they need development and they need to be in systems where they can sit behind for a year. Easton needs to be more ability to move in the pocket. He can't just sit back and fire the ball downfield. And Hurts needs to work on his deep ball ability and his ability to read coverages. He can't just run around like he did at Oklahoma, and he doesn't have C.D. Lamb to throw to. So that's why I have them both. They're both at that weird fringe where they could be great if they go to the right system. What do you guys think? I love Easton. I don't know what it is. I don't know if it's because he got, like, screwed over in Georgia because he got hurt or it's because he's, like – the perfect size got the cannon um 
I liked him in Washington. Didn't do as well as I thought he was going to, but I think he's a guy that's going to sit behind some – like, he's going to go to a good team and sit behind somebody and end up being starting quarterback someday. I love Hertz. I think he's shown an ability to develop as a passer in that one year at Oklahoma. I think – I don't know if the deep ball is a necessity for him at this point in his career. You've seen plenty of quarterbacks who they can't necessarily throw a very good deep ball. I think – Reading defense is the big key for him, though. He has to go to a good mentor, go behind a good mentor at quarterback and a good quarterback's coach, whether it be your head coach, your offense coordinator, or just your quarterback's coach. I think that will help make him a pro bowler. True. The only reason I did those, I only asked right away is because I did two, but I'm going to read the rest of the, four, the five down and then we'll react. So at number four, I have Burrow. I'm really scared for this kid's career. If he goes to Cincinnati, I there's like a 10% chance he actually succeeds because that offensive line is atrocious and that organization is terrible. Uh, three, I have Tua. He is, Tua will be a good pro, but the injuries and lack of arm strength scare me. Also, he's a, it's a small body, but then again, uh, then we have my two potential guys. I have Jordan Love at two only because if he gets a year to develop, the kid is going to be disgusting. His tape from last year was great. Everyone wants to go over oh, his tape history was terrible. Do you know who his head coach was? The head coach has been fired by two D1 programs. That's not great. And he had to coach him at Utah State with no supporting cast this year. I love Jordan Love. I think he's going to be a great quarterback next year. So that's why I put him ahead of two. I, it's the same with the Drew Locke effect. I say he needed some time to sit behind somebody to learn how to not be an idiot. Number one, I have Herbert. I think he is in the same boat as Burrow where he's going to start right away. But he's not going number one, and that's what's going to save his career. He's going to go to either Miami. That's if for some crazy reason somebody trades up to get Tua earlier than five. San Diego, sorry, LA, LA. or it's some crazy, or some crazy, you know, he he drops farther than that, maybe Indianapolis. But the thing is, oh no, they traded back, so never mind. So it's going to be either San Diego or I mean Los Angeles or Miami is going to two great situations, good weapons going to be great for his career he'll be able to develop as a starter faster than say a quarterback who has to go to Cincinnati who has you know Ross Boyd and AJ Green if he stays healthy but the problem is nobody's blocking for him at least LA's offensive line is good and Miami's is okay where Cincinnati's just atrocious what do you guys think I um I agree with not having Joe Burrow as the number one prospect. I think he's going to do fine in Cincinnati because he, yes, he has those receivers, but he also has Joe Mixon who can get, make the defense stay true to the run and not just drop guys back and let their front seven, try to get to the quarterback. And I think Eifert's still a serviceable tight end. If he's on the field, I think he's gone now, actually. Yeah. I think he just, he just went to Jacksonville. Oh yeah. shit. I forgot that. Okay. So he doesn't have Eifert, but it, I still, it, it, was, it was very low key. So you're fine. Yeah, because he's been injured all the time. Yeah. Uh, I think your assessment of Tua is unfair. I think he's going to be a better quarterback than Jordan Love. And Herbert, honestly, I'm not sold on Herbert. I think he's Herbert's athletic enough to get it done, but his passing, he's less athletic than Jalen, but a slightly better passer. I think they're comparable players, though. I like the, but the one thing I will give Herbert over Jalen is Herbert's got a can, an almost Eason-like cannon, but not like he, I think you put the ball through the side of a barn, whereas Herbert has got a great arm, but not an amazing arm. 
I'm not going to trust your assessment of a deep ball because you said Tua needs to work on that. Tua has a fine deep ball. He also has four, four first-round pick-level wide receivers, Kevin. Okay, if he can't get the ball to them, it doesn't matter. Tua threw the ball fine deep downfield. He well, just didn't have to. I'm not saying his arm strength is it a, is good, but I'm just saying with his his the way he's got to play from the pocket, I don't want him rolling out. He's getting caught by college defenders from behind and breaking his hip, basically. Oh, you mean when he was on a bum ankle? True. If that ankle was 100%, he was not getting sacked there, and he was not breaking his hip, and Alabama was playing for the national championship because they were – Oh, oh here we go. I knew he was going to sell Tua dropped the first touchdown of the game. That's why you guys lost. He just dropped it. He just dropped the ball. Yes, but also on a better ankle, he would have played better in that game. And then also we would have made the college football playoffs because we wouldn't have lost to Auburn. Either way. All right. We're moving on to running backs here. Wait, so Your defense gave up 48 points or whatever it was. I meant about Jared. Zach oh, yeah, no, Mark. What, what's your opinion? I'm sorry. I completely – Kevin went on his rant about two over five minutes. What's your opinion on my uh, – I – I, dude, I don't know, like, what Joe Burrow did last year, LSU, a team that has always had studs but they never could win anything. Um, the confidence that dude showed, I just feel like he can go to Cincinnati and just – like, people will, like, follow him because he's just got that, like – he's got that edge that everyone wants to kind of be around. To a – Man, him getting that injury and all this happening might be the best thing that ever happened to him because now there's, like, doubt. Like, he went from being, like, number one, no doubt, to being, like, wow, is he even going to make it in the NFL anymore, which I'm, I think he's going to be all right. Justin Herbert, he's such a hit or miss, dude. If he just, like, had a personality, I think I would like him. All I hear is that he can't really, like, he's not really a leader. He doesn't bring that to the locker room. L.A., the Chargers would be his best bet because he's got a bunch of weapons there, and they have, like, a decent team around him. And then Jordan Love, man, classic, classic, uh, classic guy, like, close towards the draft, his stock just rises just because people watch him, like, do crazy shit on film. I think he's actually going to be pretty good, but that's just a – I mean, you, that's the easiest thing to say because he's a stud. He's just threw 17 interceptions, and everyone's freaking out about it. I'd rather a guy take risks than play conservative and not win games. So, um, a guy play conservative and not throw the game away, thinking he can bomb it deep. Well, one problem is he—he's literally like he has such a Patrick Mahomes s like when you watch his tape. And I hate to make that comparison because Mahomes is obviously a freak, but he's gonna fall into that type of pick into the draft. So, yeah. Um, I think running backs. My lowest pick, and this guy's a possible bust for me. He wasn't going in like the third round. Is Edwards Hilaire. I get he's a he's a bowling ball. He's short, stocky, catch the ball well in the backfield, a lot of power. I just it's it's it I look at his tape and I'm just like he's just your prototypical Corey Clement type. Like he's gonna be a good number two back, but I would not have him in my feature back. Um Cam Akers, I watched him gouge my hurricanes for four years in a row. He's explosive, he can catch the ball in the back really well and runs downhill very well, surprisingly for guys' size. I have Swift at three, and the only reason is because the two guys ahead of him I watched and was amazed by. Swift is your is you know he'll he'll fit in well. He's going to be a good downhill power back with good at top end speed. Four four seven is nothing to shake a stick at. It just he has nothing that make blows me away on tape. Whereas the two guys ahead of him, I'm like wow. I watched the next guy on the list, J.K. Dobbins, basically dominate the game against Clemson for the first half. 
and it was incredible to me. I watched this kid one cut out of a spread against Clemson's defense for 60 yards twice out of the sp- out of out of, a, out of a spread formation. It wasn't even like he was running downhill. And the kid can catch the ball out of the backfield so well. I love everything about J.K. Dobbins' game. I think if he go, he fits perfectly in the NFL now. He's catching the ball in the backfield the backs. He he kind of reminds me. He's kind of got that like the Miles Sanders Saquon build a little bit where he can run downhill as a feature back, but he can also play in the spread and be that third down Sproles kind of type where you just catch the ball and run. Uh, last I got Jonathan Taylor. He, I did not know what to expect with Taylor. He's always been the most dominant back in the Big Ten for the last four years. But what stood out to me is not – is this one, his 40 time, which I was like, wow, I didn't realize he was that fast. And two, his ability to just take abuse. I'm worried about the mileage on his tires. Me and Kev talked about this already for how many carries he had. But at least for the next four or five years, we could see Jonathan Taylor, who I have going 32 to the Chiefs, will be a just a perfect fit. So Taylor, I think, is going to have the best career out of these guys. I think Swift is going to be a good middle-of-the-pack kind of running back. He's going to be a solid starter. Dobbins, I think, is going to be a great number two, one-and-a-half kind of back. Edwards, Hilaire, and Akers, I think, are going to be good like number, like number feature backs, like getting in the – getting switching in, rotating in. But what do you guys think? I love Jonathan Taylor, too. The mileage does suck because that's what Wisconsin does. Um I think he'll be all right. I think the Chiefs are actually the worst fit for him because he, he, doesn't, he doesn't really catch the ball. And that's kind of what they're going to need to do with Mahomes. Well, they gave stuff. Yeah, and I mean, I just I feel like I feel like Swift or Dobbins and the Chiefs would be a better fit. But I think Jonathan Taylor, all these running backs, this class is nuts. Like Cam Akers is a freaking house, and just because he played at Florida State when they sucked, he's like not looked at as that great. I mean, he's five eleven, which is like one of the bigger backs in this. Um, I think Swift's going to be like, they're all like, none of these guys are going to go early enough where they're going to go to a shitty team unless they well, fall. Swift probably go, I have Swift going in the teens. So in the first round, I think there might not even be a running back in the first round. Well, also I know you guys are both the, on the running back hate train where I love running backs. So I think these are this is the most loaded class, which is why. Oh, I know, but early. I'm saying there's going to be, it's, I, I have, I've, I've seen multiple mock drafts, even both of mine. I have Swift going late teens only because a team, I can't remember who I had him going to Kev, but I just, with, with Swift, he's got such, he Swift is going to be the workhorse out of this draft where like, Taylor is going to probably have the big, the biggest, like the highest ceiling. Swift, you're going to get a day one starter running back, like almost like because I think Josh Jacobs, I think everyone like over touted it. I think Josh Jacobs is going to be a sol- have a solid career, but I'd rather have Sanders. That's not even Eagles fan bias, but just watching what he did when he got more touches, do is lighting teams up by basically as Wentz's only weapon towards the end of the season besides Ertz. So that's the same way I look at it. Whereas Jacobs was good for the Raiders, but his, you saw what his ceiling is. He's not explosive. He's good at catching the ball, and he's good with power. Stop doing that. Having pets sucks. Um, but the way I look at Sanders was Sanders started as a feature back, but as he worked himself into the lineup more, as Jordan Howard, um, you know, forgot how to be tough. Basically, he got all the touches and showed why he was a four and a half star recruit to Penn State. Why he was such a nasty running back. So I think that's the same difference here with Taylor and Acres. And Dobbins versus Swift. Swift is going to be a starter from day one, but he won't have the biggest boom. He'll just be a steady uh, production. Kev? 
I think Edwards Hilaire is going to be, uh, if he's drafted by a team that's doing a more running back committee approach, I think he's going to be a great featured back, a guy who's in there a couple downs every series. It's like a New England kind of thing, basically. Yeah, I don't think New England would be quite, I think Edwards Hilaire can be the kind of guy, it's a running back by committee with one guy you give the ball more. I can yeah. see him being that kind of role. Like, like the Colts. The ball. Yeah. The Colts. Now with Phillip Rivers, a little check down guy. Yeah, I think, um, and I think Jonathan Taylor, I think the carries thing has been, the mileage has just been way overhyped. I think it's not a concern at all. He's a beast. It's crazy how, like, he was so good in college. And you know what's crazy? His tape, it's because, well, it's also because he's running in a power eye system. Sometimes power eye can hide how fast a running back is getting downhill. And then you see his 40s. I'm like, oh, I didn't realize you. I, I thought maybe, like, maybe low 4 or 5. I thought he was going to be, like, you know, he's going to run a, a good time for a running back. And this is, oh, that. I think I was on Xbox with Kevin watching the, and I was watching the combine on my phone. He ran that time. I'm like, what? Like, my eyeballs popped. I'm like, he ran what? So. I, I love Jonathan Taylor's tape, and I love. Well, we all saw it. He's the best running back in college football last like, two years. So he also doesn't have an injury history. That's it's it. not like he's carrying the ball a lot, and then by the end of the season, he's missing the last couple games. That was a knock on Melvin Gordon. Still got taken in the top fifteen. So, but I I agree with Mark. I think it's going to be a loaded running back class. I think it's going to be the one of the best we've had the last couple of years. Yeah, because even though you keep going down the list, like. Even they, they've been hyped on the Zach Moss guy out of Utah saying if he didn't have injury issues, he'd be, like, the top back in this class. Even, it's like, even my boy DJ Dallas out of Miami is going to be good, like, catching the ball on the backfield guy. He was our offense, basically, after uh, Jaron Williams just decided to stop playing quarterback. Yeah. Um, I, I remember you love your Miami guys out uh, what Homer last year. You Homer, know, got, played okay. Homer played okay he, for Seattle. I'm not going to front. I mean, he wasn't he, as good as I thought he was going to be, but he, also his, four, his 40 time last year killed his combine prospect. Yeah. Um, we're going to receivers. This is the most touted. This is the position me and Kevin have been talking about for months. Two, I got two sleepers. Kev's got a bust. I got two busts here. So we're going to our top fives. Number five, this is one of my sleepers. I told you guys about this last week. Denzel Mims out of Baylor. Now, I compared this guy to Josh Gordon about the drugs. And they're Because he went to Baylor? That's one. Um, His size, 6'2", about... 230, 220, whatever. Uh, no, two, 215, sorry. Um, route running on deep balls is incredible. Tracks the ball well. His one-on-ones in the senior bowl is like artistry. It's beautiful to watch. I mean, he's he's smoking these – some of these are SEC cornerbacks. He's just kicking their ass. We're off the line of scrimmage. And his tape is just as good. He tracks the ball well. His 40-time helped, helped out his stock a lot. I think he's better than Jefferson. I think he's better than um, what's the other guy? Uh, Pittman out of USC, who I'm a little worried about his after the catch ability. I think Mims is going to be that player that kind. Of, oh, and I definitely think he's better than Higgins. Um, where he's that bigger, more physical, like the raw kind of receiver. I have him. He's going to be the steal of the draft at least this year for receivers. When it looks like I have another one later, but I just love his tape. And uh, number three, four is Jalen Rieger. I watched this kid. I just watched this kid's tape before, and I, I literally said to Kevin, my Kev, I just watched him reverse field in an entire defense. Yes, it's the Big 12, but still, those are still D1 athletes. 
the kid is being compared like the uh, the guy at Drive Network said he was like he reminds him of Aguilar. I'm like yes, if Aguilar had hands and you know didn't you know fake a knee injury after dropping a game winning touchdown. I love this kid. He's explosive. He's elusive. He can catch the ball. He can make moves after the catch. He can still get downfield. His route running's a little shaky, but his explosiveness is there. Speaking of explosiveness, now we have the fastest receiver in the draft, number three. Henry Ruggs, I think if he goes to the right system, he's not the primary guy right off the bat. I think he's going to excel. Just not – he can't be your number one guy, at least for the first two years. Almost like how Jackson was the number two guy in Philadelphia when he was drafted. Or what should have happened if John Ross didn't sit on the – basically wasn't injured for his full, whole first year in Cincinnati. Same kind of thing. Like you need to – if you're going to draft Henry Ruggs, you got to make sure there's a guy you're going to get the ball to more than him – for at least the first six, seven, eight games of the season, so he can get equipped to NFL cornerbacks, NFL safeties, passing offenses, everything else. Number two is uh, CeeDee Lamb. I said he's a he's Des Bryant 2.0, a little less physical, a little shiftier, big, catches the ball well, runs clean routes, so shifty after he gets the ball in his hands. The top end speed is what bugs me. Uh, that's the only thing that's not making him better than Judy is his top end speed bugs the hell out of me. He's 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 fast, but not. If I was gonna give him like a Madden speed rating, he'd be a 90. He'd still be fast, but it's just like he's not gonna like make me fear him blowing past my cornerback over the top. A lot of his stuff is gonna be after the catch, quick screens, like underneath cutting routes, things like that. Number one, I've been on this high on this guy since October. Jerry Judy, I think he is OBJ without the BS. Runs the clean routes. Doesn't really get hurt. Kev, he, his injury history is pretty empty. Am I right? He doesn't. He didn't really get hurt that much in yeah. college. I watched his. I watched his training tapes. I watched his game film. I watched his like non-highlight game film. You know where he's not actually catching the ball. Even on passing plays where it's going to Rugs or um, Waddle or um, Smith is the other one, right? Yep. Yeah. See the other three guys. He's still smoking his receipt, his cornerback off the box. His he and he doesn't just do it with the speed. It's with his cuts, his ability to separate with his route running. He's the opposite of Justin Jefferson to me, where Justin Jefferson, every catch he's making was contested. Judy is open by a throw of the three of us get hit sometimes. And they're not even deep balls. They're underneath routes, out routes, in routes, whips. He does it all, and that's why he is the best receiver in this draft to me by a mile. And and which is saying a lot because CeeDee Lamb, I love too. He's one of my favorite picks in this draft too. Whoever gets Lamb is going to have a great receiver. But we're talking about the running backs being loaded. I think the receivers are loaded this year too. Yeah, this it's insane and te- great names. Like they are like superstar names. I don't know why. CD Lame, Jared Judy, uh, Kate. I mean, you didn't talk about KJ Hamler. I don't. Do you not like T Higgins? I love T Higgins. T Higgins is my I don't, sleeper. I don't. Man. I think he's he's a freak. But here's the problem: Why didn't he run his forty? Huh? Where? What was his forty? Like, okay. I, I know, 40 I, is the most the, overrated thing in the world. Freaking yes no. Kevin, Kevin White ran a 4-3-3, and then I know all of a sudden he moves up, and then he's one of the biggest busts. But also DK Metcalf ran a 4-3-7 or 4-3-8, and then, oh yeah, was the second best rookie receiver in the class last year behind his boy yeah, A.J. Brown. Because he freaking has Russell Wilson. He dropped so many passes, he can't t- go right or left, like – I think DK Metcalf had a good year, but I don't think he's gonna like. Do no, I think he's gonna be, I think he's gonna be a superstar. I I, I do. Kevin knows my love for DK Metcalf. 
like the, the game when they beat us before the playoffs or not before the uh yeah they freaking like he had three touchdowns that he just dropped because his hands are not there he's got it he's a freaking athlete but he can't really like run routes so he catches the ball he doesn't know how to go right or left i mean he put he's up he's also numbers. raw he's raw okay so i'll give you a higgins is raw but I don't know. I also think that there, there there's a, there's a, there's a reason why I have I have Higgins dropping and it's and not succeeding. It's it, there's I'll I'll get to it later. But I uh sorry, my thing on those receivers is yes, it's a very deep class. I think they're all most of them are going to be good productive players. I don't think Ruggs will be a productive player especially early in his career. I had him as a bust last episode because yes, he's going to be one of the fastest guys on the field. He can't get off the line quickly. You saw that in his 40. Not necessarily the time. The time was disappointing, but still good. But his first couple steps were so slow. And also, it's easy to be a speed guy when they're also worried about your three other speed guys. So they can't just put a safety help over the top for you. In the NFL, if he's not on a team where he is the third option, I think they're going to just put a cornerback on him and then safety help over the top. And you're pretty much going to negate Ruggs' speed. Yeah, I think he's going to go somewhere, and he's going to be one of the first ones taken. And I think he's good. Don't get me wrong. He's a, he's definitely a really good receiver. It's just the combine, man. They, you put these numbers out there, and then everyone gets all excited. And it's like, he's not a number one. I mean, I have him going to Denver because they have Cortland Sutton, so he'd be a nice little two. That's a little one-two punch there. He kind of replaces what they lost in uh, Sanders after they traded him and they got signed. But I don't know. I feel like he gets the burden of the combine bias. and. Yeah, I mean, yeah, because like a guy like KJ Hamler is a quick little dude too that you could even rather. He's have gonna, he's a, he's a guy. He's gonna be like a locket where everyone's gonna say, oh, he's a gadget guy, and then he's a number two number two receiver. So like a lot of these guys are gonna be number two guys. I think Lamb and Judy are gonna be Lamb's a freak. C Lamb is insane. Like, and I, I and I didn't realize how good he was until I watched the Oklahoma Texas game last year, Mark. Yeah, that just, game was what I was like. I'm like, okay, this kid's gonna be nasty. I, I, I'm sold. Well, he can um, just—he jumps out of the freaking stadium, and then obviously Jared Judy. I don't know what is Alabama. They just produce route running freaks. And well, his his tape is like his con. The comparison I've seen is like this weird hybrid of OBJ and Amari Cooper. That's not a bad comparison hybrid. Dude, the, the, even like like it's just so weird how they all like it was Amari Cooper, Riley Ridley, now Judy. Like they all the same. Calvin like, Ridley. Yeah, Riley's his brother went to Georgia. Uh, that's right. Uh, Calvin, but and uh, Julio Jones. Well, I'm saying, but like that was he was he's not the same. Julio's an all time receiver, yeah. I'm saying Julio is like the massive dude, but he wasn't like these guys are like the same size, fast, shifty, and they can run routes clean. It's, it's they can snap oh. an ACL, <coughs> Ronald Darby. Um, and it's gonna happen next year too when Waddle and Smith come out. Who do you like yeah. better, Waddle or Smith? Uh. I think Waddle's a bit faster, but I like Smith more as a receiver. So Waddle's more Waddle's more Judy, where Smith is more uh, Rugs, or is it vice versa? I, I gotta make it up for a second. Vice versa. I think I, I think Waddle will be great if you also want to use him as a punt and kick returner. I saw a play. I forget who they were playing, but he caught the punt, got his face mask ripped back, and looked like he snapped his neck. They didn't call it, and then he just returned it for a touchdown anyway. Sounds like Miles Sanders. Yeah. Um. All right. Tight ends. It's it's Bryant, Kepko, 
um, Hopkins, Moss, it, you know what you're getting. The tight end. Tight ends are hat in a hat, though. You really There's not really anyone that, like, pop off the screen. Offensive linemen. Kev, you had an interesting point about this, about uh, Werfs, but I got Ruiz at five. He's only got an interior offensive line that's probably going in the first round. Uh, Thomas, Becton, Werfs, and Willis. Everyone, Willis, I think, is still the, the best tackle in the league in this, in this draft. But what do you got, Kevin, Mark? Um, uh, Becton's another guy. I feel bad for him because he's going to get drafted so high and have all these expectations because the dude ran an insane 40. And he's a massive human being, but I feel like he's he's really raw. He's got all the potential, but he's he's six seven. I, I had him go into the Cardinals because they're going to want to have an athletic big guy, and he can do that. Um, but and then Wills and Werfs, I mean, they're just your typical studs at offensive line. Um, yeah, I mean, I still I'm back to he's the one that I'm just really curious about. See if he's going to live up to his potential with how big and fast he is. I think Thomas is the most interesting pick here. I have him going first for the offensive lineman. He's a really good run blocker. You saw at Georgia because they loved running the ball. And he still made Jake Fromm look good. He protected him enough where he could make the throws he needed to make to make to help the team win games. Um, I think worse, it's a little concerning because He's a good run blocker, too. Iowa, not necessarily – Georgia's not known for it either, but Georgia threw the ball a bit more, I feel, than Iowa. So you don't really know about worse pass blocking. Yeah, Iowa produces, though. Those guys come out of there, and they are steady linemen that usually succeed in the NFL. Yeah, I'm not saying worse is going to be bad, but I think he has more question marks on him. Yeah, we don't even know what position he's going to play, too, Kev. You said something about that before, right? Yeah, yeah I was I was saying they're not sure if he's going to be a tackle if they'll have to move him inside. But. Um, we're going across the we're going across the line right now. We got D tackles. There's only really three D tackles I actually like. Uh, Brown, Kinlaw, and Gilmore. I think Brown Brown's the stud here. But what do you think, guys? Thinking about the other two, Kinlaw, and Gilmore. Kinlaw. Have you seen Javon Kinlaw? That Looks- man is I. He would just murder me with like his fist, like his hand. He would just smush me. Him and Derek Brown are insane size. I mean, I like Raekwon Davis. I heard he doesn't have that, like, um, he doesn't have that, I don't know. He, he, they said he was supposed to be so much better than he was, but he's 6'7", dude, out of Alabama. I mean, I think he'll fill up inside of the defensive line very well. But, yeah, I'm all, all in Kinlaw. I think that dude's going to be a beast. I think I think it's weird how South Carolina, considering that team doesn't do much, still yeah. produces pretty good linemen on the defensive side of the ball. Uh, Kinlaw, Clowney. Clowney took a couple years to get used to the league, but he's fine now, even though he's still a free agent. But that's because he's asking for a ridiculous amount of money. Uh, Derek Brown, I know you asked about the other two, but I hate Derek Brown. He's <laughs> not a fun man. Uh, your point about Raekwon Davis... I think he's good. I think he's going to be a decent tackle, D lineman. I think he's – I don't know if he'll ever make a Pro Bowl, but he's going to be one of those guys who if you get him on a good defense, when people talk about how good that defense is, you, they'll go like, oh, they have a bunch of good players. Like, And then they'll name the stars and go, and Raekwon Davis. He's going to go to the Redskins. They're going to just add it on to the line. They already have Jonathan Allen and uh, That's the, other, true. the other Davis, right? Who's the other one that went like last year? 
forget off the top of my head. It's almost, I, I almost swear his name's Raekwon Davis, too, but, um, yeah, no, it, he's just, like, how can you be, on the interior, 6'7", it's crazy. True. Good luck I think, over that. Um, if Raekwon Davis can avoid getting shot, I think he'll be fine. He's going to be the, he'll be a, uh, a kick blocker. Just put that big-ass hand up when those kicks are going up, because he's huge. True. All right, so we got edge rushers. Do we really need to consider who number one is? Like, it's, it's, it's Zach Bond. <laughs> it's the uh, who I actually named called him an Asgardian when I was watching his tape. I'm like, this the guy is like from Thor species. He's ridiculous. I mean, his numbers are overblown because there's a certain Miami freshman who only had one less sack and half the touches, but I'm not going to go into that right now. It um, all goes back to Miami. I'm telling Greg you. Greg Rousseau. Yeah, I'm telling you, no, no. Number one pick in two, in, top five pick in two years, Greg Rousseau, defensive end Miami. Kid's disgusting. Um, All right, write it down because I guarantee it. Write it down. I will buy you both a $100 bottle of booze on this. He will not. Nobody from Miami will be drafted in the top five in the next two years. Top ten, maybe. No, you already committed to top five. Yeah, Chase Young is the guy that you're trying to – Yeah, I'm talking about Chase Young, of course. This kid is not human. The way he just – I saw him demolish two Penn State offensive linemen like they were like tackling dummies. He is insane. And the worst part is, is like, like, Chastain, Vaughn, the guy, and um, Espinosa, they're all good. They're all good. They're all good DNs. They're all great players. But the problem is, it's like, oh, we have all these great, like, B-plus guys. And then you just have, like, this, like, freak of nature DN who, honestly, unfortunately, he's going – they're they're talking about him going to the Redskins. I don't yeah. know work, but – I'd rather that have him go to, like, Detroit. Yeah, me too. That Redskins front seven is going to be terrifying. It's it's crazy how many guys they have that are good. And I don't understand how they keep bringing them in or how why they keep getting them. I mean, it's like you need to have a good, like, front seven on those sides of the ball. But, whew. I have the Redskins doing something completely stupid day one. They're going to, like, you know, they're, they're going to draft, like, Jerry Judy first overall, second overall. Yeah, I don't know. I think they're going to just go chase Young. That would be, like, the best pick they've made and who knows when. And then you got Yerder Gross Matos out of Penn State. He's one of those. I, think, I already have him going to Seattle. I feel like it, it's just a match made in heaven. He's, like, a yeah. great guy going to Seattle. And then a pen, the A.J. Appendessa, whatever his name is, uh, he was freaking right up there with Chase Young at the beginning of the season. And then he yeah, no, he, his draft stock dropped like crazy. Yeah. So I mean he's gonna fall. He'll probably he he, he might sneak into the end of the first or. I mean I still love Kim Lachesine too out of a LSU. I mean he was the best pass rusher. He was the he was the, he was the premier pass rusher on that roster. LSU does that though. They just have these like kind of quick guys off the edge that like. Yeah, I remember Barkley's bingo. Yeah, and they never pan out in the NFL, so I don't know if he's in the same way. Well, we're gonna see. He, it's gonna be weird because we, they've figured out that those hybrid DNs, like safety-looking dudes who literally wear a buck fifty, are like not working. So we're gonna see how he adjusts. Kev, I, I gave my comments on oh, something. I'm losing my mind. All right, so linebacker. We all know who the number one linebacker is. It's Isaiah Simmons. The guy literally – talk about blowing up the combine. The guy won the combine, basically. His tape is just as good as his combine numbers. So uh, we also have Queen and Murray. I actually watched Murray live three times out of Oklahoma. I like his tape. He's the only good defensive player of the entire team. And he 
definitely was the only reason Oklahoma shut some teams down, like stops them, made some stops. He's all over the field. He ran well. Uh, Harrison and Brooks I like as well. Those are my four and five guys. I mean, Harrison's out of Penn State, and, you know, they just – Ohio State. Ohio State. And Brooks is out of Penn State. Texas Tech. Texas Tech. What the hell am I looking at? I thought I saw he was at – No, I have it up right now. Yeah, all right. Murray Murray scares me. He's one of those – he also – there's so many freak of athletes in this draft, and he's like – he's crazy good. But when I watched him, I feel like he just would – he's not smart. He just uses athletic ability and tries to, like, play the game. But – he just comes off the edge and will just give up on a play. And then I haven't watched enough on Patrick Queen, but he's gonna. I I haven't gone to the Saints where I feel like they'll mold him into the linebacker that they don't. They never. I feel like they need a linebacker on that team, and they never. Yeah, they haven't had a good one in years. Um, yeah. the, the thing about the thing about what scares me about um about Murray is that he needs to be like the number two middle linebacker, like in a three four system. He cannot be the primary signal caller. He needs to be the he could be the enforcer, like you know, a three-four linebacker, three-four middle linebacker. You don't have to be the primary guy right off the bat. Whereas, like, if he's the central guy, it's going to be an issue if he's got to call the plays and he just reads a play wrong. I think he's eventually just going to come off the edge and be like a Clay Matthews. That's my thing. He's not going to be inside because he's just—he's not. I'm telling you, I don't think he's smart enough. Like, I don't think he has. You the think his football, football IQ is what's going to kill his draft? Yeah, I think he's more of just like get the quarterback. Fair enough. I mean, you guys pretty much said it all. I have only three of those guys going the first round. I have Denver taking one of them to build up that defense back up to what it was back in 2015. And then I also had uh, the Patriots taking one of them, either Queen or Murray, whoever goes first, whoever goes after, just to kind of replace Van Noy because that offense is going to be atrocious. So they need to make sure they have a good defense. So weird to say. You knew it was ha- – I mean, I I know that you guys have talked about Tom Brady, but you knew it was happening, too, when everyone started leaving. Mm-hmm. When, when Van Noy left and then uh, I forget the other guys that I saw that were – I was like, man, this is actually going to happen. Like, why else would they leave? But anyways, True. yeah. I can see Murray – freaking Murray will go to the Patriots. And I'm like, ah, he's not the guy. And then Belichick will turn him into this defensive stud, trade him, and then he'll come back. And be even better than he was before. Yeah, he's gonna be a stud in the pads. He's gonna get traded to like Cleveland or something. Because he wants like more money and a bigger role, and he's gonna be like, "Wow, this sucks." And he's gonna go back to pads with Trevor Lawrence as the quarterback. Yep, that's that's how it's gonna go. That's the plan. Trevor See, Lawrence is I the next pack. I said that two months ago, and Kevin yelled at me saying it wasn't gonna happen. Well, two months ago, Tom Brady wasn't a Patriot or was still a Patriot. I knew. I said he was leaving six months ago, but you all thought I was crazy. I was just in denial. I'm still in denial. I still don't believe. I mean, this. I don't know what makes less sense: the coronavirus and Tom Brady going to the Patriots. You know, after he tr- he's trying to file for trademarks for Tampa Bay. Like, yeah, I'm glad he's gone. Honestly, <laughs> I don't want my quarterback thinking Tampa is a good thing. Right. Well, I mean, I I don't know. I'm so curious with the Patriots team. I might become a Patriots fan now. I feel like now is the time to be a Patriots fan because they're gonna stink. Get off my show. <laughs> What? What's the point? They're going to stink, so then I can be like, when they become good again, I can be like, wow, I've been with them through the tough times. <laughs> no, it's because of the team you actually root for, you jackass. The Eagles? What? They, we have nothing against them other than we beat them in the Super Bowl, and they beat us in the Super Bowl. 
I mean, I don't hate them. It's just maybe it's because I'm related to, like, seven Patriots fans, so, like, watching them lose is, like, sweet victory to me. Also, one of those relatives is an idiot. Two? Two shots fired. Well, I only know one of them. You know two of them. All right, well, I'm, two I only really talk to one of them. True. Okay. We're not taking shots here, Kevin. All right. So we're going to go to cornerbacks next. So I have a – I have – one of my busts is actually in the top cornerbacks. I think he's gonna go in the top. He's gonna go in the top sixty picks. But I got Okta at one. Okta at one. However you pronounce his name. Okuda. He, he's the best cornerback in the draft. We all freaking know it. He's gonna go in the top five, top ten max if somebody doesn't try. If Detroit doesn't take him at three, or Jacksonville at seven or nine, wherever their pick is. Um, I love his tape. I don't like everyone's like always or sloppy. I'm like, you can fix sloppy. His footwork was insane at the combine. Oh, I know. He literally did that just to, like, screw with the guys who said his footwork is sloppy. Um, he also had no holding calls and penalties. Our former coach, Savannah, brought up multiple times on Twitter. But she is right. The guy was, uh, like, his, his cornerback's go. He was elite. Um, I love Henderson at th- as my second cornerback over Fulton. I I watched Henderson live three times, and he pops the corner. He stays on your hip. He's explosively fast. And I think in a bump-and-run man system, he'll fit in perfectly. Uh, then I have Fulton. Not a lot of tape in this guy. Personally, he was LSU. But I think also that LSU team, they were up so much that I don't know. They've only, they were in like two sh- two or three shootouts against good teams. But basically, they are up a lot. So a lot of the LSU defensive backs I'm a little skeptical on. Uh, then yeah, I have Diggs. Shut teams down. I have Diggs as uh, my fourth over uh, Gladney. And I'll say, 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 I love Diggs' tape as well. Kev, what was your opinion on Diggs? You watched him a lot more than I did. Um, I don't love Diggs. I think he, people are saying, like, oh, he's a great player in Alabama, or he was a good player in Alabama's defense. That was one of the worst defenses from Alabama we've seen since Nick Saban's been oh there. Oh, my God, they give up 10 points instead of four a game. I'm sorry. Not even that. They couldn't really stop Auburn. They couldn't stop LSU to save their lives. I don't think they would have been able to stop a lot of the other teams in the SEC. Like I feel like they got in more shootouts than they need to be or more high-scoring games. Um, I think Diggs is a good physical cornerback. Uh, he just kind of disappears for some plays. It's not necessarily he's giving up big plays, but he's giving up a good amount of catches, it feels. True. I have uh, Gladney last and it's for the reason I will never trust cornerbacks out of the Big 12 until they fix the culture of that conference. I don't care who they played for in that conference. It, the only the only school I will take a cornerback out of is Texas. That's it. Everywhere else, they get smoked. You're, the film, it's a shootout. Texas's defense is garbage, though. No, TCU no, at not, least has Gary Patterson. I'm talking like old school Texas. Like I'm like now like if they ever go back to playing defense again. But like the thing is like even now like I don't look at like I look at a Big Twelve cornerback and I'm like, oh I understand completely. But TCU would be the only school because Gary Patterson's defensive guy. Yeah, um, turns out where it was at four two. He was he ran like a nickel before it was cool basically. Yeah. So uh, uh, I don't know. I just I I would rather have Diggs over Gladney. I think covering at receiver SEC receivers a little is a little more challenging. But I think so. I, I see your point about Gladney, though. Mark, you're saying Texas' defense is awful now. You've heard Jared talk about Miami. In college football, in his mind, college football lives in the 90s 
in early to mid 2000s. Anything after that doesn't happen. Miami players are all still great. Texas still has a good defense. It's like you don't even know, Jared. Texas is like, yeah, and then USC is still the freaking best school in the world, too, when it comes to football. I Uh, mean, if they they can't find a replacement for Clay Hilton, which is just hysterical to me. It's crazy. Nobody likes the Pac-12. Well, also, yeah, I mean, it's basically, it's like, who had a, it's between Oregon, Utah, and one of the air, and some surprise team every year that, that well, yeah, Utah just popped in there. Like, they probably won't even be in it next year. Well, they also but, have like seven guys on their defense going to the draft this year. Yeah. But obviously, Okuda is going to be the first one. I think this uh, corner class is going to be like one of those random teams that, like, falls in love with one of these guys and is going to draft them earlier than anyone expected. Um, you got AJ Terrell out of Clemson. Anybody coming out of Clemson right now these past couple of years, I feel like I have to trust because they that team's been so good the past couple of years. And then uh, Damon Arnett, Ohio State really, really produces good corners. Even if Eli Apple sucks, they still end up being uh, productive in the NFL. I think you got to watch out for him too. But that's all. And other than that, yeah, CJ Henderson, Christian Fulton, Gladney. It's going to be Okuda and like the rest. Who knows what's going to happen? Yeah. All right. Um, My phone's also very close to dying. Just a heads up. All right. So we'll try to speedball through safeties. Safeties, I have McKinney going first. Kev kind of sold me what he told me before about how he, he like, he, like the 40 times a little deceptive, and the guy just plays better on film. He's got game speed over 40 speed. Um, Delpit worries me, once again, LSU. But then again, you guys made a good counterpoint about they were blowing teams out, and they were shutting them down, too. He's big. I didn't realize he's 6'3". Yeah, he's a big dude. That's what. That's one of his pluses to me. I love Winfield Jr., not just because his pops was an NFL guy, but also, like, Minnesota was a good team this year, and he was one of the reasons that defense was so good. He's so young, too. He's a redshirt sophomore. Yeah, but, I mean, listen, if you're the best player on the team. Also, speaking of Utah, Burgess, he was one of the leaders of that defense, and I think he's going to make – he's going to be one of those like, kind of sleeper teams like goes in the third or fourth round – and a team gets him, and he's there. He's gonna blow up. I also have Chin going five. He's gonna go top two rounds. You can't really go wrong with him either. So what do you guys think? Quick, as Mark's phone's about to die. I think Del Pitt. He's not one of those guys that was freaking loved before the season. Kind of fell off because he had that. What he had? He had an ankle injury, I believe, or something. Uh, he was injured for a small period of time. I just feel like he's going to the Cowboys. He just screams Cowboys. He has a personality. He kind of brings that. Weird Cowboys edge that I hate. And then uh, I think Winfield's going to be the best safety out of this class, though. Yeah. Kev? I think McKinney is the top-rated safety for you and for a lot of people for a reason. I think he's going to be the best safety going forward. I think he can – it felt like he wasn't there on some game tape, but that's because they weren't just weren't really throwing to him. And I will never forget the play when a guy's diving into the end zone over the top and he just slapped the ball out of the guy's hand, scooped it up in the end zone, and returned it for a touchdown. I will love him forever for that. All righty. Um, we're going to sleepers and busts now, boys. Uh, so, Kev, what, are your, what do you got for sleepers for me? I know you had a couple rock and roll ready to go. Not necessarily a sleeper because he's still a first-round pick, but Jonathan Taylor. Uh, people are concerned about the mileage on his legs. I'm not. Derrick Henry ran the ball a lot in college, just led the league in – Rushing yards this year. Dude's a great running back. Beat the Patriots, beat the Ravens on his back. And I think Jonathan Taylor can be the same kind of guy. And he has no injuries to speak of. 
And then Austin Jackson, lineman at USC. His pass blocking concerning, but we've talked about you can teach that. And if he goes to the right system, like I am going to the Titans, he would be a great pick for the Titans. Replace Conklin, really good uh, run blocking lineman, and that would go perfectly with Derrick Henry. And then Clyde Edwards-Hilaire, I have as a sleeper. I think if he goes to the right system, he will dominate. Not dominate, but I think he will be a solid NFL running back for a couple years, maybe a couple Pro Bowls. True. All right. For sleepers, I, of course, talked about Denzel Mims already. I've already ragged on about him. My number two guy is Chase Claypool out of um, Notre Dame. Now, we all – I don't know if you guys saw Chris Sims like, oh, he's the same size and speed as Calvin Johnson. It's not – that's not what gets me amped. It's the fact that he was basically Notre Dame's only downfield weapon last year. So he was basically having a safety in a corner over the top of him all the time. Ian Book, yes, is a a solidly talented quarterback. So much as it pains me to say that about somebody from Notre Dame – um, but Claypool, almost 6'5", 4'4", 40-time, big hands, physical, he's raw. That's the reason he's going to go in the second or third round, but he's going to be that, like, steel receiver that everyone's going to get later when everyone's going to be reaching to try to get Justin Jefferson or, you know, or K.J. Hamler or Denzel Mims or T. Higgins. This guy will be available in the third or fourth round. He's going to blow up. I think he's going to have a he's going to be a solid number one, possibly a, a number two, number one going down the road with a little development. I love this kid. He needs to work his route running a little bit, but in the red zone he's a stud. So and that's how you that's how you win touchdowns. So uh, is that, last is that, one. Is that how the game works? Do you have score touchdowns? Oh, Mark, go, go let your phone die. Um, well, at least my last the one. They also have to kick field goals to win games. They struggle with that. Yeah. Um. My last one, this is not biased at all because this guy could transfer to us, to my to my, to my team. <laughs> all right. But I didn't, even know, I, I didn't even want this guy playing. I, I wanted, you know, Joe Jackson, who came out and has been a bust hit. Wait, this is this a Miami player we're about to talk about? Jonathan Garvin. I don't think he's going to be a – but as a, a – teams, teams like to use a rotation pass rush, especially in a 4-3 system. He's 6'4", 250, explosively quick off the edge. He underperformed this year because everyone, every team in the ACC basically tried to just double team the hell out of him because he had I think it was like ten and a half sacks the year before, and that obviously led to Greg Rousseau, his emergence as well. I think he's going to be a very good number, like kind of a rotation pass rusher, like what Philadelphia uses with their four guys rotating. I think in a couple of years he'll be a, no, a number, a good like out, uh, left end, right end, whatever the number two guys opposite, like a Daniel Hunter. Like, he won't be the never be a stud, but he'll always be a good, like, okay, we can't just double team one side. He's come off the edge. He'll be good, like, a number two pass rusher to me. I think he's going to be a solid guy steal later in the draft. Cause I saw his, his numbers weren't bad, and he, on tape, he makes the, he makes the hustle plays, too. He kind of reminds me of a bigger, less injury-prone Derek Barnett, Mark. I My sleeper is the entire wide receiver class. The top five guys are great. But they might not even be the best. I mean, I've all I've been talking about T. Higgins and KJ Hamler. The uh, Donovan People Jones out of Michigan, I feel like never played to his full potential because Shea Patterson's garbage. Um, yes. You said Claypool. There's two wide receivers out of Texas, Colin Johnson and uh, Devin. Yeah, who's a moose. Then you got the other Johnson, Tyler Johnson out of Minnesota, had a great year with them. I mean, you can you just know, literally look at this class. You got Kendrick Rogers out of Texas A&M. If you guys remember the seven overtime games, he caught like four touchdowns. Yeah, I mean, this class is just 
I don't think anyone should be reaching for a receiver in this draft just because there's so many that could actually work out. Um, I just think this this is one of the most insane wide receiver classes, even running backs. I mean, I I think I'm, I'm all on board with the cab with Hilaire, especially with how they're using running backs these days. He's just a little Maurice Jones drill with his big legs. Um, but I, I can't think of, I can't think of a bust right now. I mean, I think I Justin one. Herbert's even a, a sleeper because even though you have him as number one on your list, people aren't really sold on him and he's just a freak of, they're not freak, I guess you could say, but he's like, he fits the mold. And then what, Jacob what, Eason's what I, obviously my sleeper. What, what moved him on my list was watching his senior bowl, was watching the senior bowl, my old man. My dad's like, oh, I like this number 10 guy. He's great. He's, he's making all the pros. He's moving around. He's, I'm like, yeah, he's better than Kirk Cousins. My dad's a bike, so I'm like, yeah, he's better than Kirk Cousins, isn't he? And he he, looked, he shot me a nasty look. But my own, I only got one bust because Mark basically talked me out of T. Higgins before. I'm on the fence about him still. I don't know what he's going to be. He could be a Mike Williams type, or he could just not be good. I don't know. But there's one guy I am praying to God my team does not take it 21. I've seen it on every draft board. His tape scares me. He's not even the best receiver on the national championship team. It's Justin Jefferson. Uh, okay, three reasons why I hate Jefferson. One, on his tape, every ball he catches is contested. And they're not even like – That's good, ball. though. No, it's not good, Mark. If you can catch – what did what could the Eagles not do last year? Catch balls. With contested. They're never open. Nobody's ever open on well, he just He's not open half the, on half these routes. It's Bird is chucking it at him. And the thing yeah, is, he's like, played in the SEC with like a bunch of stud corners. I think you, you, I don't think he's. Yeah, I'm not saying I want the Eagles to take him, but we need guys that can go up and get the ball, and that's what he did. I also think his his forty time was kind of deceptive because on tape he's not separating. Forty times the most overrated thing. No, I say also. he trained for his forty time because I think and his game speed, his forty speed are different. Well, yeah, because people want to get paid. Talking about McKinney, and... who's faster on the field than he is on the on the turf on on the underwear Olympics, I think Justin Jefferson's the reverse. Where Justin Jefferson trained all for like a month straight to run a faster forty time, I think Jamar Chase is the better receiver on that team, and he's not coming out until next year. So, I also think Jefferson benefited from not be from having also Thaddeus Moss and Jamar Chase on the field. So it was a lot of single coverage as well. I'm just not sold on him. He should be a third or fourth round pick. Or second or third round pick, not a like mid twenties guy. That's what I, I think he's less of a bust. I, 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 I do agree. He does have that bust potential because he w- was on a national championship team that nobody even really talked about him toward the end of the season, and then he did end up going off. So his um, combine basically the only reason he's back in the first round. I think he was in there before just because, like I said, Joe Burrow could throw yeah. a ball anywhere and it was going to be caught because that's just the. It was also the magical season of LSU. It was. I mean, he just the, in the championship or the Oklahoma game, the very like first pass he just launched. It's like it wasn't even a good pass, but somehow they came down with it. Like he, it was magical. I think yeah. I don't know. I think Justin Jefferson needs to be on a good team. So that's what I'm saying. I think like I would rather if I'm if I'm an Eagles fan. There's like five receivers I'd have over him, maybe six. I don't like Jefferson is like I would rather have Judy, Lamb, Ruggs, um, Rieger, and uh, Mims. Basically, and then I'd put Jefferson, and then like Claypool and Hamler are right on his tail. But that's only for our team's needs. We need speed as much as we need hands. Like I think Arcega Whiteside is going to have a great year this year, but he's a big physical receiver. 
He who's like was known for being a resident. He's like a he's like a tight end. All right, so super professional over here. Yeah, right. So, the, folks, this is our draft special. We appreciate you as we hit the hour hour. Oh, we just talk about my busts. Oh yeah, Kev, you got a couple busts. Yeah, I didn't want to get into the Eagles talk. Um, I already talked about rugs. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think a speed only guy, which is a concern, he might be because you could hide a lot of imperse- imperfections yeah. with those Alabama receivers. Mm-hmm. I also I like Diggs, but I think. I, I think he's going to be taken too high, and I think some teams might have the some teams and fans will have the wrong per, uh, perception of him. Yeah, he could be good, but he needs to fix a lot. He needs a year to develop as like a number two corner. Like he, he needs to do what Sidney Jones did, where basically he doesn't play his first two years because he, he's sloppy. Like when we needed Jones, the last three games of the season because we had no cornerbacks left except for Maddox and um, LeBlanc. He comes in in the last two or three games of the season, makes the two biggest plays. Picks off Daniel Jones when they're driving and then swats down a ball thrown to Michael Gallup. That would have been a touchdown to win the game for Dallas. So that I, I see what you're saying. Diggs needs to go the Sidney Jones route, basically, where he doesn't play for his first two years or a year and a half, whatever it is. He needs his time to like sit behind a cornerback and like develop his game. Yeah, back to what I was saying about his downsides. Mm-hmm. He can't really read a deep ball well, so he's left chasing a lot and kind of grabbing onto guys. You can't do that in the NFL, mm-hmm. and that will lead him to him getting picked on. It's either going to be pass interference or he's going to give up a big play. I have another guy that could be a bust or a sleeper depending on when he's picked. And I know you said you, you don't like putting quarterbacks at bust. I debated putting Justin Herbert in this list just to mess with you. But Jalen Hurts, I think if a team expects him to come in day one who needs a quarterback or someone gets hurt early, he's not going to look good. Mm-hmm. I think his inability to read a defense will be shown very early on in the NFL. He can make most throws he couldn't make before, but there's still a couple where he has accuracy issues. But if he falls to the third round, he's a sleeper and a guy who in two years could be a starter. Okay. He has all the tools. He just needs to improve his quick decision-making. Folks, every one of Kevin's busts had Alabama ties. Yeah, I'm the opposite of you. I try not to be biased as much as okay, possible. Okay, listen, did you see me throwing, like, four Miami? I threw one guy in, and he wasn't even, like, a guy I liked on the roster, but I love his tape. That's the only reason I put him in there as a possible, like, a Derek Barnett type, like, a good pass rusher, a good number two to a good, like, a, a solid. Like, that's what I said to him about him. I didn't say he was going to be a superstar. Like, you don't see me talking about Jeff Thomas or – um, what's his name? KJ Osborne, or I, I mentioned DJ Dallas only because Mark brought receiving backs. That's the only reason I brought him up. I I also like I've watched these guys the most. Yeah, I spent, I had to find ways to get Miami games this year because of uh, our because uh, I couldn't get the ACC network lived to spite me. Yeah, I have the SEC network. I was in Alabama for the past four years, so I watch these guys. I watched a lot of Jalen Hurts because I loved him. And I think he's a great locker room guy to have. He's the kind of guy, if you still draft him high to sit behind someone, he's not going to bitch and moan about playing. Yeah. He was benched for Tua and was Tua's biggest fan. Mm-hmm. Mostly, you, you're right. All right. So that about wraps it up, folks, for our draft special two out of three of the trilogy will conclude the day before the nfl draft or actually no or kev do you want maybe we'll do a four-part series we'll do a saga i don't know 
the NFL draft, of course, is my is like my second holiday to me. This and NFL free agency. We're gonna t- we'll of course do a reaction afterward. Me and Kevin are each gonna do one more mock draft before the uh, the uh, NFL comp the draft actually commences. So that's April 26th or 7th, I believe. So that the day before, me and Kevin will each do a mock draft and we'll read it off to each other at, at our picks, and then we'll kind of just react to each other's picks and go on from there. I want to thank Mark for coming on today, making his triumphant return for our 100th episode. And I want to thank you guys, of course, for sticking for sticking with us for 100 long, grueling, irritating episodes. We love you guys so much. Thank you, Corner Booth Nation. Uh, and, of course, once again, this is part of the Belly Podcast Network. Uh, we will catch you guys next week. Bye. Thanks for listening to the Corner Booth Podcast. Be sure to check us out on Instagram and on Twitter at Corner Booth Pod.